0: My name is Kate Sansbury, and I'm very glad to be here with you all. I go to West Florence High School and have grown up attending Central. I always envisioned that one day I would get to write and deliver my own sermon for Youth Sunday. I'm trusting God that today is a good day, not only for my sermon, but for all of the big football fans out there. Anyway, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share my thoughts on Micah chapter 6, Verses one through eight. In this scripture, the prophet Micah sets up a spiritual courtroom. The Israelites, God's chosen people, have done him wrong countless times, and God is asking for an explanation. He calls up to the mountains and to the earth to hear his plea. God reminds his people of the things that he has done for all of us, such as sending Moses and Aaron and Miriam to serve as examples of how to trust and know God. In verse 5, God explains that he has done these things so that his people will remember him and know the saving acts of their Lord. As we reflect on our own lives, there are so many things that God has done for us that we just up and forget about. It is important to remember the times that God has turned what looked like a bad situation into blessing. Moving into verse 3, God asks, What have I done to you? The Israelites become defensive and argumentative. As flawed people, we often get defensive when we are called out and try to point the blame elsewhere. This is what the Israelites did as well. They acted as if God was asking too much of them. Do you want 10,000 rivers of oil, they asked, or maybe it is my firstborn that will satisfy you. Unfortunately, if God came to me and asked, why are you not obeying me? I may have a similar answer as the Israelites. That implies that God has made it impossible for us to perfectly follow him. Micah answers back to the people that God requires us to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Thank goodness for the Israelites, and for all of us. That God does not ask for perfection, he asks for an intimate relationship. What God requires of us is not physical sacrifice, but repentance that leads to a change in our hearts. This is a key reason why he sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross for us. It was to open up an immediate, direct, two-way connection straight to God with no hidden tax relief. God does not want these sacrifices of oil and rams because God wants us to become a living sacrifice. We serve a jealous God who wants to know every part of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He does not want following Him and communing with Him to be a burden or a chore. God has so much more to offer us than we could ever give Him. Even Jeff Bezos, The richest man in the world does not have enough treasures to repay what God has done for us. So why do we think we have anything to offer God other than our hearts? We are worth so much to God that he made the ultimate purchase and sacrifice. He wants us, but he knows that we need him that much more. A line that I try to live by is abiding over striving. There is so much more peace to be found in abiding in God's love and blessings than there is trying to earn his love and striving to be a perfect Christian. We do not serve a God of to-do lists, and this is why the ritualized sacrifices were not enough for him anymore. So how do we act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly in our relationship with God? In Isaiah 61.8, It says that the Lord loves justice. When I think of justice, I think of doing what is right. And in this passage, I believe it is really that simple. God asks us to obey his commands. So as I've stated before, I am in high school. And it seems like every year I have a teacher that has a long set of rules that seem to serve little purpose. It is hard for me to follow these rules When I don't trust the source of where they are coming from. I once heard the phrase, we obey quickly who we trust completely. And it has stuck with me. When we start to believe that God works all things for good for those who love him, we are more willing to do what his word says and make the right decision and do justice for others. Similar to a parent-child relationship, disobedience leads to a distance in that relationship. But a relationship formed of trusted obedience between the father and son or daughter makes the relationship that much closer and that much more trusting. Justice is an important element of our relationship with God as Father because it will be incredibly hard to build a trust between two people where one of them is constantly disobeying the other. Mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within their power to punish or harm. Lamentations chapter 3 says that God's mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning. I am personally very thankful that God freely offers new mercies each day, Because I know I need God's compassion every single day. This is one of the reasons why building your relationship with God on a daily basis is so important. Not a day goes by that we do not sin or fall guilty to our earthly ways. And because we serve an all-powerful God, he most definitely has the authority to punish us for our mistakes. But instead, he does not. He sits and waits for us to come to him with our transgressions and offers us heart-changing forgiveness. In a similar way that God shows mercy to us, we are called to show mercy to others. When we are going through our busy days and lives, it is so easy to be harsh and cruel to someone who inconveniences us or makes a mistake. I mean, we only have so much time on our hands to deal with the shortcomings of others, right? I believe that when we are approached with these situations, it is a good time to pull out the trusted phrase, what would Jesus do? Jesus would offer these people mercy and compassion and forgiveness, no matter how many things he has on his to-do list that day. Offering mercy to others, especially when they are not expecting it, is one of the greatest ways we can show God's love. This is why God tells us to fall in love with showing mercy. Because as God pours mercy into us, we can then pour mercy into those around us. Thirdly, I'm going to begin by saying that humility is not easy. But the most reassuring part about the call to humility in this passage is that Micah 6:8 says we are to walk humbly with our God. It does not say that we are to walk humbly apart from God or walk humbly a distance between heaven and earth separate from God. No, it says we are to walk humbly with your God. Our communication and relationship with God is not one-sided. God is with us every step of the way if we invite him to come along with us. How could you say no to a relationship with God where He is so willing to guide our steps and light our path? Humility is an important part of our intimate relationship with God because operating in humility helps us to understand that we are dependent on God. We cannot live a life, we cannot live an abundant life of overflowing joy without fully grasping that we cannot do this on our own, and we are not made to. James 4.10 reads, Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. When little children ask to be picked up, it is often because they are tired or want to feel safe and loved. This is what God as Father does for us when we humble ourselves and know that he is greater than us, He picks us up and takes the pressure off of being boastful in a prideful world. When we humble ourselves and allow God to pick us up, we no longer need to constantly prove ourselves because we have an understanding with God about our riches in heaven, rather than focusing on the riches of this earth. Walking humbly with God forms the dynamic of our relationship with God, that He wants us but knows that we need him. As I wrap up today's message, I want to encourage you to pray for growth in your personal relationship with God and becoming a living sacrifice. Psalm 104 tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So God, today we thank you for all the good things you have done in our lives and the mercy you so freely give us. And we praise you that even with our flaws, you see us as clean and want to know us more and more every day. Thank you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this special Sunday and for all the youth that have come together to offer glory to you. There is no way to earn the grace and mercy you so freely give, so help us to abide in your rather than strive to be perfect. Give us the longing and desire for a deep, real relationship with you. Help us to obey your commands so that we can do justice in the world around us. Thank you for your Son, Jesus, who acts as such a clear example of what it means to walk humbly with our Lord. Remind us, Lord, of your saving acts you have done in our lives. So that we may know and appreciate all you have done for us. Thank you for your word that is tried and true. Give us understanding of the scriptures. So that we may grow in our knowledge and understanding of who you are. Thank you that we have a direct line of communication with you through prayer. And that you respond to us if we just open our hearts and ears to hear you. I ask that the Holy Spirit... Fill us so that we may operate in justice, mercy, and humility. We love and praise you, Father God.